Hey, welcome to the Desmond Show. Now, in this podcast, what we're going to do is that we're going to be discussing with an accountant. Now, this is going to be interesting because uh, for most business owners, they don't talk to the accountant every single day. They talk to them maybe at most once a week, once a month, uh, maybe once a year for some for most business owners. So today, I want to have this opportunity to really go inside the mind of an accountant, someone who is very accomplished and very experienced, to dig down some solutions that she could potentially give out during times like this. Now, bear in mind that as I'm recording this, uh, at this particular moment, we are still being locked down, quarantine, or whatever term you want to use. Essentially, we have to stay at home. We can't go out and we can't run our business as usual. And uh, hopefully, Ms. Ho Meiling, who is an invited guest today on this podcast, is going to be able to give us a little bit of an idea. With that said, uh, today's guest, Ms. Ho Meiling, owns an accounting firm by the name of HML & Co. So, Ms. Um, Ho, it's good to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you. Well, it's fantastic to have you here. First of all, I just want to get started by throwing you some 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 uh, easy questions to get started with, which is uh, the <laughs> fact that uh, let's go with how about you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, so people can justify why they should listen to you. I see. Uh, okay, my name is Neely. Uh I'm I'm an accountant, so I've been in this uh, line for more than twenty years. Uh, I started my firm also 20 years ago. Uh, there we provide auditing, tax, accounting services to companies in Malaysia. All this while. Yeah. Okay. So okay? the main focus yeah. of today's podcast is I want to really talk about small, medium uh, enterprises because I see a lot Correct. of those online netizens. They are, well, mm. business owners are suffering right now. I don't know if you know, like a lot of F&B, hospitality, tourism, business owners, the mm. industry leaders, they're coming out online telling people that, hey, you know, we're suffering right now. We are using the last piece of savings that we have. We are liquidating our assets. Mm -hmm. We're selling my property just so that we can fund the business and ensure we don't lay off anyone. So I want you to mm -hmm. maybe share share a little bit of your thoughts and sentiments as well as your, uh, what, what, do, what do you think about business owners' situation right now? Because we know the government just announced a few stimulus packages all around the world mm -hmm. as well. But let's just focus here in Malaysia. Why don't you share your mm -hmm. thoughts about what's going on right now and what business owners can do? Mm. Actually, at the moment, I think... All of us, not only business owner, are worried because we do not know what is ahead of us, right? A lot of uncertainties. And now we are still under the MCO and we don't know when the MCO ends, what will happen. Because now it's like most of the business cannot do, cannot do their business as usual. Only very, very minimal, uh, very, very few types of business can still continue their business and continue to have income. So... Mm. So when you cannot do business, of course, then uh, there will not be cash flow coming in because you have no sales, right? But for costs, some of the costs are fixed. It's not all the costs are variable. Like if let's say uh, you're selling products, maybe we don't buy products, then that is variable. So you do not need to outflow for the uh, purchase of the stock. But you still need to pay your staff. You still need to pay rent. You still need to pay a lot of other costs, which is fixed. Right. So this, this will be quite burdensome, actually, to companies. So our yeah, government... So that's why, that's yeah. why the cash flow management for companies are so important. Um, what's going on right now is, that from what I understand, uh, you know, a lot of retail-based business, like the, the mm. retail-based businesses, they, they get hurt the most, number one. And, and, and not only retail, we're only also talking about tourism-based businesses. Um mm. 
it's insane. I was just talking to a, a owner of a tourist agency. She was telling me that she has never gotten so much refund requests ever. Okay, and mm-hmm. she couldn't even give a refund because if she does, she had to shut down the company literally tomorrow. It's absolutely insane, yeah. right? And we're in tough times yeah. right now. And I think everybody needs to work together and see how yes. we can unite together to fight this particular situation. But I'm sure you have some suggestions, you have some ideas, you know, from your perspective, which is interesting. Because uh, my personal CFO always tell me this, Desmond, entrepreneurs are optimistic, accountants are pessimistic. So let's go from your perspective. Correct. Let's talk about this, right? What would you do for, if you're a business owner, right? What would you do if you're a CFO of a company, like a small, medium enterprise? What would you do? So I will start to look for cash. What, where can I get some cash for the company when we uh, restart the business again? I mean, when we come back after the MCO. So there are some cash that we still need to pay now during the MCO. Example, our rental uh, and salary. And our government, like what you say just now, our government is uh, have given some uh, incentive in this area or some encouragement in the rent reduction by giving extra additional deduction to the landlord. Yeah, so uh, because cash flow is like the blood to our body. So if a company do not have cash flow, they basically cannot run. So they must do something, take some action, maybe go into negotiation with their suppliers, with their customers, look at their uh, customer aging now and talk to their customer and see if the customer can ease some payment to them earlier by maybe they can also offer some discounts to the customer so that they can get the cash and speak to their supplier so that they can delay the payment, ask the supplier to understand the situation that they are in. But actually, everybody is in the same situation. But the cash must move. If there's no cash movement, the whole uh, economy will be standstill because everybody hold back the cash. Then no movement at all. Yeah. So for, for me, yeah. I, I personally believe that, like for me, from my perspective, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. I think cash is not going to move. And here's the reason why. I, I would love, I mean, in an ideal world, the customer pays the supplier. Ideal world. But customers right now, if you want to call them and collect payment, it's getting a little bit difficult because they are afraid. They themselves are trying to conserve money, I, and uh, which I truly understand, especially with B2B uh, markets and B2B industries. So, like, what's your thought? Like, I, I was thinking, you know, what I was consulting one of the businesses and what they do is that they're like the middleman, like they have a supplier mm-hmm. and then they're offering to another business so that uh, the business is actually a retailer, so the customer is a retailer. And the retailers, the, the, the clients or the customers they have, they don't want to pay because they are concerned. If they pay, they have to close shop. So they can't play the supplier and they are asking the supplier, which is the company that I'm consulting uh, with, um, saying, that, hey, let's defer this payment, let's postpone this payment. And so they're not getting money. So what I was telling them to do is, you know, I would love your perspective about this because this is what I did and this is what I advised. I say, hey, mm. why not merge the companies together? Why not, if your retailer's not paying you, why not you get them to pay you in the form of uh, shares? Do a merger, right? And you own a small percentage of their company, okay? Because they can't pay you right mm. now. But after all of this is over, at least you, you're developing, you're growing your assets list. You're, you're growing your balance sheet for your company. So 
uh, I would like your thoughts on that. Like, what do you think about merging right now? Like, if you can't collect cash, how about offering to the particular client that you have? Hey, how about we fight through this together? We merge together. We become an even stronger company, right? And you control the customer front arm, and I control the supplier side arm, right? What, what's your thought about this? Interesting idea, actually. Yeah. So if uh, these two parties they can work together and they can come into agreement on, on like who is controlling what and how many shares is being uh, transacted in this uh, in this deal, I think it's very interesting. Then they will grow even stronger. But I, it's not it's not uh, very easy. I think they yeah. need a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, compromise mm-hmm. to come to an agreement actually. Well, it's an yeah, interesting it's idea, actually. It's tough to negotiate mm. deals like this, but uh, I yeah. find it a lot tougher to actually get people to pay right now. Um, because, you know, you know when market is down, I don't know if you remember 2008, 2009, when market is down, when people are fearful, like getting people to open their purse strings are actually very difficult, right? Uh, you have to mm. give them like an insane discount. I was telling one, another client of mine, hey, listen, uh, she had about, um, she had, uh, this, this is insane. Like she had, People, there's a huge company, listed company, owing her three million ringgit Malaysia, three million, and have not been paying since end of last year. Um, so, and, and they would rather go to court than pay the three million. So it's it's insane, like how how much fear is in the market right now. Uh, but let's talk. Let's let's move on to the topic of cash flow management. I want to talk a little bit about cash flow management. What can yeah. a company like a small business do to manage cash flow to essentially be able to ensure that they can last as long as possible? Yeah, that's to negotiate actually. But just now, because since you raised the listed company, I have a friend who yeah. is also an accountant. She worked in a listed company. She shared this with me. She said every month, the company will have inflow. That means they will have collection, right? So this collection is not sufficient to pay everybody. They have so many uh, creditors, so many uh, suppliers, so many things that they do to pay. So they will have priorities in paying certain people or certain companies Mm-hmm. And it depends how important you are to the company to get your payment, actually. And if, let's say, you're not asking the 3 million at one go, maybe it's easier for you to get some payment. Maybe arrange for installment, uh, like longer installment, smaller right. amount, the acceptable amount by your uh, debtors so that the thing can move. Instead of going to court, it's like, you know, very unpleasant actually yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah mm. i totally agree like going to court nobody wins it's a loose-loose situation mm. um yeah. so it, uh, right now it's it's really a lot of for businesses right now i think the key thing is even if you have no negotiation skills you got to go develop negotiation mm. skills right mm. now um mm. it's all about deferment it's all about getting payment in installment Correct. it's all about controlling Correct. cash flow so let's yes. go a little bit deeper about this in terms yeah. of cash flow uh, okay. What else can a company do besides negotiating uh, with the supplier or negotiating with the customer to control the cash flow okay. a lot uh, more sufficiently? Yeah. First, a com- the company must find out what is available, already available. That means already announced, already uh, made known to everybody. Because some of the people also don't understand what is the deferment of the loan. Mm-hmm. And they they will not want to take this. They might call the bank. I just Somebody just told me this morning that they decided they do not want the deferment. They decided to continue with the installment. That is because 
the person may not understand what this deferment means to them. You know, because like since it's a deferment and do not need to apply for it, then just enjoy it first because we do not know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Enjoy the deferment first until at least after the MCO. Maybe one, well, two months later. Why do people later. want to take the deferment? I don't understand. Because from my perspective, are, deferment is like afraid. a bonus. Correct. But they, you, I mean, I'm also surprised when the person told me that they do not want to go for the deferment. I asked them what's the reason. They say the interest is going to be very high. So I asked them how they calculate the interest. You know, all this, maybe they have a misunderstanding on what is going to happen to them I think, if they accept I think, deferment. I think it's because the news, the government is using the wrong term. I don't think the deferment is the right way to call it because it's a technical word. Mm. I mean, it's a, I mean, for accountants, great. I mean, you guys understand it. But for uh, average Joe, I don't think they understand what deferment is. They could have used terms like pause or payment mm. payment holiday, which is a very common mm. term used in the UK, mm. right? Yeah. And, and, and things like that. And people will be... And then the worst thing is, yeah, I actually agree why, why, why people want to uh, not defer because I mm. saw a lot of fake news being uh, shared online telling people mm. that, hey, if you defer, your interests are going to compound and you're going to be paying. Yeah. Uh, and it's all because of fake news. Today, we're in a world right now where people cannot think and what they do mm. is that they whatever they read online must be true. And that's mm. that's that's not, that's so nonsensical, and Correct. you know it's just the way it is. So yeah, uh, yeah talk, talk more about your clients. I'm sure you have a lot of clients calling you right now, asking mm. you, should I do this, should I do that? Why don't you share some case yeah. studies without, without naming any companies or without naming anyone? Maybe share yeah. some case studies because I would like to know what are these people asking you, and uh, what's the you know the things that's going on on your side. Yeah, so we come back to the the bank uh, loan deferment, right? Yeah, yeah. So the deferment only applicable to term loans and the higher purchase, not the credit cards. So don't go for the credit cards. So, I mean, people must understand what is available. So if they understand this already, actually it's beneficial to them to, uh, to accept this deferment because it is given. Then they, then they just follow and then they, they do not need to come up with cash for six months at least. So this part already uh, make their cash flow better by six months, by the by this installment. Then uh, for KWSP, the government also is, has given uh, this opportunity for business owner to go and negotiate with the KWSP for deferment of the KWSP as well to restructure the payment of KWSP. So take this opportunity. Business owner should go and talk to the KWSP how they want to restructure their payment so that they don't get penalized, right? So, and then the IRB also is given tax, holi tax payment holiday for three months. So don't pay because uh, since they say do not need to pay, so from April, May, June, these three months, you do not need to pay your tax installment. You can just uh, save the cash for other things. Mm. And since the, this, uh, uh, the, what do you call that already? The wage subsidy uh, program is now quite clear already and already uh, can apply. Apply. If it's SME, I mean, if it's a, a micro or small company, look at the definition. It's, as long as you're less than 75 staff, they allow you to claim 1,200 per staff per month. So you will get three months of free money for this, at least help you to pay your staff. 
right? So, and then they now also they uh, 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 ease the, uh, how do you say? They allow the employer to negotiate with the employee. Earlier on, they were very strict. They say you cannot uh, negotiate, you cannot cut the pay, you cannot use leave, you know, to offset the pay. But now they are more lenient. They allow, they allow employer to speak to the employees. I think employees also will understand because now everybody is in the very, very difficult situation. It's for sustainability. So negotiate also with your employee and see how the situation is and then what is the acceptable amount to them because we also need to think about our employee because they also have commitment. Company also have commitment. Employees also have a commitment. So negotiate and get a, a win-win figure so that the company can sustain and hopefully get out of this as soon as possible. Okay, yeah. So basically, mm. the lesson here is to take advantage of the programs that are out there. Mm. So starting yeah. with wage subsidy, wage subsidy, if it's mm. less than 35 people, you say it's about 1,200 ringgit. That's amazing because Correct. if you've got like 50 yes. employees, that's quite a significant yes. amount of money, right? Correct. Um, Correct. And, and it can go really, really far. It will help you to sustain a lot more because, uh, you know, Correct. usually for most companies, payroll and wages are the number one expenses for companies, mm. especially for small companies. Yeah. Uh, but let's yeah. also discuss a little bit about uh, debt, right? Because the government lowered the uh, lending rate and lowered the interest rate to 3.5% uh, for that's, businesses yeah. to borrow. So let's talk a little bit about I I personally think that's a really bad move. And the reason is because they should have made it uh, non-recourse like uh, what the US is doing. And they should have done a better program like the UK is doing. Now, I know it's better than what we have on a usual basis. But what they are really, in my opinion, for those of you who are listening and you do not know about this, what's going on is that the, the Malaysia government, it basically, mm-hmm. our interest rate for our, our bank loan is about you know, 8%, 9%, depending on credit rating. And mm-hmm. uh, they will borrow about 20% of your working capital. Uh, sorry, 20% mm-hmm. working capital of your revenue. So let's say your revenue is a million, they'll borrow 200,000. That's usually what's the, the bank loan that they'll approve for you. And right now, they mm-hmm. lowered it to 3.5%. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're borrowing money. They call it the uh, Special Relief Fund, I believe, SRF. Special, the issue, special Relief Facilities. Facility, yeah, correct. Yeah, SRF. Um, yeah. And the, the issue for me is that the fact that, uh, number one, it just seems like another bank loan. It just seems like another... Uh, it's not really a facility. It's not really a fund. It's not really about helping. It's not really a stimulus. I feel like everything here is hyped up. I feel like the government is not doing enough when it comes to creating debt for companies to take on. Uh, like, what's your thought on this? Like, I would, I would love from my thought. Like, for me as an entrepreneur, I feel like government could do a lot better than three point five percent. And government can do a lot better by helping instead of loaning out working capital. They should be loaning out maybe some. They can call it whatever they want. It could be quarantine fund or quarantine facility. I don't care. But what I'm not happy is that it's still another working capital loan. So what's your what's your thought about this? On the loan, on the special relief facilities. Yeah. Right? You were asking about that, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. So mm, 3.5%. Well, it's already lower from the normal interest rate. And yep. these facilities do not require collateral. Mm-hmm. So you can borrow without uh, charging any of your assets. But you, so, you need to be a personal guarantee to the loan. So, which in my opinion, that is non- absolutely nonsense. It's like, it's like, you know, I, I think the loan is nonsense because if you compare it to other countries, now I know a lot of people say, don't compare it to other countries. Why would you compare it to the US and why would you compare it to the UK? And 
I, I, I always ask this question, why not? If we want to create more entrepreneurs, we want to create a more thriving marketplace. We need to model after countries that are effective at what they're doing. So that's why I think your, your thoughts is going to be very, very valuable here. I think the government would love to do more, but then in, in view of the current situation, because our country also rely a lot on oil prices. Mm-hmm. And today, the oil price has dropped tremendously. Yeah. So I'm sure it's like they would like to help, but maybe they don't have enough, you know, to give out. And they need to take take care of the yeah, the the people. They right. they have take out taken out some money for that already. And then this uh the on the subsidy also is going to given is like giving out money, right? Mm-hmm. So for this SRF, uh, it's actually a loan, a much lower rate uh, loan as compared to the normal one, and it's, you do not need to have collateral. Yeah, so I think. Uh, I don't know. There are some trade association, some leaders in the trade association has come out and say that uh, government should consider giving it at 2%. That means the uh, same, rate, same rate like the micro credit uh, scheme. Because now the micro credit scheme is 0%, the interest rate. Mm. So now they, are ask, they actually come out and Request up. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether but, it can but be done. But micro credit, yeah. we're really talking about those so, uh, like Pasamalam store owners, that kind of people, like market, like really small businesses, isn't it? Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that I don't understand. These small mm. businesses, they are so small that they most likely don't have any employees, right? And why aren't business mm. business? Why so aren't they the won't government? be able to claim the subsidy. They won't. They, yeah. So yeah. that's why I believe that help should be given. So actually, for the for the businesses. for the very small, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the government thinks since you are like SME, so SM SME owners normally will uh, think harder and fight, you know, coming out stronger. Maybe that's do, what do, they think. Well, yeah. do you think this is a political move? This is a question that I see a lot of people on, on the internet are talking. What they're doing is to satisfy a bigger crowd mm. so that they, they win the election the next time. So is, do you think this is related to a political move? Do you think this is uh, purely they want to help people or this is their strategy? What, what is it? Personally, to me, uh, I can't comment whether it is a political move. But personally, when I listened to the speech by the Prime Minister, I feel very touched, actually. I felt this government is thinking about everybody. You know, this is the first time that SME get subsidies, you know. Before this, all the subsidies will go to the rakyat only. No, but I mean, the company will not be getting anything like this, you know. Mm. So I felt, well, it's already very good. I don't know, maybe I... I'm a very, uh, I'm an easily satisfied person. <laughs> so when I listen to the speech, I really think, wow, it's so good. The, the government actually is also thinking about SME. But of course, today, they have given an even better package to the SME. Right. So of course, if the rate can come down, uh, that will be good. But we also need to think, you know, whether they can afford or not. Because, Correct. Yeah. As you said, the oil prices definitely affected the package that Malaysia can offer. Yeah, and Malaysia okay. has always been too dependent on uh, the oil price. Just like how Japan is very dependent on tourism. And when tourism mm. declined, their, business, their mm. whole entire country GDP was slashed. 
So yeah. um, this is where I want to ask you a really thought-provoking question. Like my job here is to provoke you in a way that you you come up with amazing ideas, so that my listeners and mm. another listeners that are listening to this, they get to learn so much. You know, because mm. when we're out of a little bit of our comfort zone, we come up with crazy ideas. So uh, let's just say you are elected as the finance minister, mm. okay, and the prime minister has tasked you to come up with a stimulus package to help mm. uh, specifically small business owners. Right, we're mm. talking about small business owners that's doing at least a revenue of half a million and above, all the way to mm. let's say twenty-five million. Okay, mm. give us a little bit of an idea. What kind of uh, package? What kind of uh, benefit would you include in uh, the your your own stimulus package? I think it would be interesting and really thought-provoking if you think about it. Like, uh, what would you put inside yeah. a stimulus package? Well, actually, as an accountant, first we must see what is in the coffer. I mean. How much do we have, right? <laughs> then only we will uh, look at like maybe each of the category and then how how each category can benefit the economy of our country and then allocate in that in that manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course I don't know how much is in the coffer, so I don't know. And uh, yeah, so if let's say, let's say for example, now. All the SME said you must pay, you must uh, support the SME because the SME are the ones that give job, give job to the people. Right. So that's how the government uh, improved the package because they see the reason behind. It's not really the SME very greedy for money. So, so that's why they revise it. You know. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, giving money to the poor. It's also very important as we read in news, many people do not have meals on their plate for days, you know, because of MCO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those people also need to be taken care of. Yeah. And but there are many middle class. I think middle class we still surviving and then companies still paying salary. Most of the companies are paying salaries. Most of my friends are paying salaries, full salaries mm-hmm. to staff, you know. So for entrepreneurs, I think I believe many entrepreneurs also same, because we are all human beings. We also will have uh, our heart, you know. We also will think about our employees, you know, our teams. Right. Yeah. Which I think yeah. it's it's so important here because you know no matter what the government do and no, no matter what uh, the finance minister do and no matter what stimulus package is planned out, there will always be haters and there will always be complainers correct, because there will always correct. be one group that is left out. So let's agree correct. on that. Correct. Uh, so. What are the, the groups that's left out? You know, one of the things that I truly believe is that I think this mm. is, uh, you know, you know, the stock market has this thing called market correction where essentially, you know, when the price is too high, it will correct itself and go all the way back to the original value it should be at. And I mm. think what's going on right now is that we're having a business culture correction in a way that mm. it's trying to adapt to, you know, what happens. Like one of the things that I always uh, am really a big focus on is I tell my businesses, the businesses that I'm consulting, I say, hey, listen, your business, you need to go direct to consumer. You cannot just go through like wholesaler and distribution. You need to see how I can set up a website, e-commerce website that my consumers and my end consumers can directly go to my website and order right away, which is what we call direct to consumer. So I want to talk about evolution of business and I want to talk about adaptation of business, right? You consult and you help a lot of businesses on your portfolio. So 
I want to just discuss a little bit and have a little bit of discussion. What can business do to evolve during this lockdown quarantine crisis, right? Maybe uh, in terms of business model, let's discuss that a little bit, right? What What do you think they can do? What they can do? Yeah, to, to still get sales and still operate. Let, let's say, for example, restaurants, we know to, that they're pivoting to delivery, you know? Move to online. Okay. I mean, move to online as soon as possible, you know, as fast as you can, you know? Now, because only the online business can continue. But of course, we don't know whether how successful uh, these businesses are, the online. Maybe some are very successful, some are not as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our clients, they were, they were serving uh, businesses actually because they sell uh, produce to companies. Now, because the company cannot operate, so they have no customer. So they mm-hmm. change their model. They sell to uh, individual. So it becomes B2C, to sell direct to the customer. But the system needs to be uh, able to cope because suddenly they have, previously maybe they have uh, 200 customers. Now maybe they have to serve 5,000 customers. So it's like so many orders they need to process, you know, and need to deliver. So they need to, I mean, like there are many things also need to be uh, changed or improved in such a short time and in a very uh, restrictive uh, situation now. Because now if you want to order a computer, maybe you cannot get it, you know, you need to wait. Maybe you cannot get the technician, you cannot get it right. programmed, you know. So it's like too short a time for the company to really evolve and be successful. But mm-hmm. company need to try, need to think what are the ways, you know, as much as they can do to save their business at this moment. I'm sure some cannot at all, totally, you know, some of the situation is really very hard for them to evolve and have sales immediately. Yeah. But right. Since the MCO is so long, I mean, maybe it will be extended. I do not know. I hope not. But for the benefit of the whole Malaysia, like if you need to extend, then have to extend. Then, I mean, business owner or together with their team need to think yeah. what are the things that they can change to improve. Maybe they need to digitalize or they need to automate or they need to whatever, you know. You see, different this is why I think it's a correction of skill set for employees too. Like employees mm. who cannot go online and cannot do online stuff, right now they are being faced mm. off, right? If you ask me like a business mm. owner, like if, if I mean, I mean, let's be honest, Mailing, if you're a CFO of a company, a thousand people mm. in your company and you have been mm. tasked by your CEO to, uh, to you know, lay off 20% of your workforce, you most likely mm. are going to lay off the 20% that cannot adapt to the MCO and cannot adapt to the future and cannot adapt to the present. So, Mm. this is where I think people need to invest in themselves like ask yourself how can I be of value to your own company instead of trying to look for another job which is impossible right now instead of trying to like look for opportunities ask yourself hey my company is struggling right now what can I do Mm. to provide value for my company like for for example let's say I work in a restaurant I'm a restaurant manager and I'm so concerned of getting laid off so what do I do I tell my boss listen boss uh, you know I'm your restaurant manager. I want to be responsible in helping this business grow. Uh, I'm going to go take an online web design class. I'm going to build a website for the mm. company so that you can have your menu on the company website mm. and then people can order through the website. You know, for mm. a boss, like that, you, what you just said just now, it just becomes, you just become a very, uh, you know, valuable, valuable. asset to the company. Exactly. So ask yourself right now, 
how can you be of value to the community and to the people around you? Instead of asking, because I see, meaning on online is the worst place on social media. People complain all the time. <laughs> boss is not paying me on time. Boss is not. Boss is asking me to take two weeks unpaid leave. Right? No. Instead of complaining. Yeah. How about we start brainstorming? What are the things that we can do to be of value? What are the things that we can do to ensure that the company that we're working can survive and thrive in this uh, crisis economy that we're in? Right. So I'm just curious, like, how are your companies doing? Because you have a lot of companies under you. So what are the companies doing? And um, any interesting thing that we stories that you can tell? You mean about our client? Yeah, yeah. You don't need to well, name your clients, I just quoted, yeah. I just quoted one example. <laughs> yeah, the deferment. Oh, right? the I feel a lot of changing that. Changing to me to see. Actually, I oh, also right. seen some of my friends. Uh, they they also come up with. Actually, just now talking about restaurant, they are actually people that are the uh, coming forward, you know, to help others. Actually, you know, the they come up with a platform that people can order food there. I mean, order, but then uh, they don't really deliver. You have to arrange yourself. It's not so, not like grab food, that kind of thing. Not so, not so uh, advanced. A more simplified one to help restaurant, you know. I, I do come across this kind of, uh, it's also our client actually. They come up with this kind of initiative, you know. Set up this kind of platform so that the restaurant all can put their menu there very fast, you know. Like in a couple of days, it's up. And it just I needs see. to market it online. Yeah, I see what, what people are doing is, uh, I don't know if this is uh, in everywhere else, but in Klang Valley, mm. what other people are doing is that they're creating like Kota Damansara Group, Taling Jaya mm. Group, Damansara Group. Mm. And what happened is that they have all these like little boroughs and then they create mm. a Facebook group for all of this and then they add a bunch mm-hmm. of people that live in that area into this Facebook group and then they'll promote like their food and uh, fish and groceries and things like that and then they'll do delivery. Instead of building a website, yeah. they gather a bunch of people that live within a specific radius and get people into the Facebook mm. group and then uh, they just promote their products and services in the Facebook group. It's so interesting because so many businesses, even like, I mean, you think about it. If you sell fish, if you sell seafood in a wet market, now you're doing online business because you are you are using Facebook group, you are selling your fish online, which is crazy because a year ago, if you're asking me if someone that sells fish in a you know, wet market would go online, it's, it's, you're most likely going to say no, right? Because the people that does this, yes. they never thought about going online at all. But this correction and this crisis economy that we're in, it's forcing people to be innovative be creative and at the end of the day yes. I always believe that creative people and innovative people are going to uh, last the longest because yeah. you can throw anything at them they will they will just turn whatever you throw, throw to them and then make it even better right and I, I think it's, yeah. it's awesome it's fantastic so I want to just uh, end this with just uh, I'm, I just want to end this little uh, quick call that we have here with uh, okay question uh, which is I've got quite a lot of um aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners that are listening to this, what one big advice from your perspective that you can give to them so that they can take it to heart, implement it? Well, just cash flow, I already said. So as well, the, the first thing must survive, must survive through this crisis. Second thing, think about what will happen next because everybody will live differently after this. After the MCO, everybody will live their life differently. So think about what your business needs to do so that you will be also updated. You will also be in line you know, with the crowd instead of just left behind. 
yeah. Okay. That's, that's all for me. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, Meling, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's uh, really thought-provoking. It's good to have you here. I think we have some good sharing. I hope that people listening to these listeners, you can use some of these techniques and strategies in your own business. Perhaps, you know, last a couple more months, you, you never know what you could do. And definitely when the government is giving you benefits, take it. Don't yeah. complain. Yeah. Right? That's take it right. and see how you can. Just take everything, right? We'll figure it out later. We'll need to survive yeah. on this. Yes, Meling, that's all that I have. Thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, how can you. my listeners find out more about you? Do you have a website or maybe social or anything at all? Yeah, we have a website. Uh, it's HML, the www.hml.com.my. That's our website. www.hml, H as in uh, Hungary and Malaysia and Nigeria, HML, HML, right? H. Yes. Hungary, Malaysia, and London. Dot com. High, medium, low. High, oh, medium, high, medium, low. High, medium, low. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, okay. Uh, so you can check her out if you need her services. I'm sure she can provide some really amazing services. Um, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode.